You have tuned into a study of Paul's epistle to the Galatians, and we are in chapter 3. In our previous program, we talked about God's administrations. There are ages in the Bible. One begins and another ends, and we demonstrated that by the age of law. It began with Moses receiving the law on Mount Sinai. And we saw in Galatians 3.19, which we have been discussing, how that age ended at the cross. Because, Paul wrote, the law was given because of transgression until the seed should come. And of course it refers to him coming to deal with the transgressions. Now, while Paul does not use the word administration in Galatians, he clearly differentiates the age of grace from the age of law, not only in this epistle, but also in Romans and in Second Corinthians. Listen to his description of these two ages of law and grace in Second Corinthians chapter 3, a passage which in our previous program I suggested that you read. Now, beginning with verse 4 of 2 Corinthians 3, Paul writes, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our competence is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not in a written code, but in the Spirit. For the written code kills, but the Spirit gives life. You can see the contrast that Paul is making between the New Testament and the Old Testament. One was a written code, and he said it kills. How so? Because it cursed the man who did not live according to everything that was written in the law. But in contrast, he writes in verse 6, but the Spirit gives life. Now, without reading any more, which would you want? Any sane person would immediately conclude, well, I don't want to be under the old covenant. I want to be under the new one, the one that brings life. Now, continuing here in verse 7, Paul writes, but if the dispensation of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such splendor that the Israelites could not look at Moses' face because of its brightness, fading as this was, will not the dispensation of the Spirit be attended with greater splendor? Notice how Paul describes that old covenant. He calls it the dispensation of death. And properly so, because the law could not give life. And in Galatians 3, we're going to learn shortly in our study that if there had been a law given which could have given life, righteousness would have been by the law. But the law instead was a dispensation of death. And it was carved, he said, in letters on stone. Now, friends, what was carved in stone? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are a dispensation of death. Do you want to live by the Ten Commandments? How many times have you heard sermons exhorting you as a Christian, perhaps, 
to live by the Ten Commandments. Friends, that's not our standard of living. We have a new commandment from Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that supersedes and does what the old Ten Commandments could not do. It's the new commandment he wrote about it. Or rather, he spoke about it. John wrote about it in John chapter 13 on the night before Jesus was crucified. He met with his disciples in the upper room, and he said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. And Paul clarifies that in his Roman epistle by saying, If you live by the new commandment, if you love, then you fulfill the whole law. You don't need the Ten Commandments as your guide for moral behavior. You have a new commandment, and it will do what the old could not do. You see, Christianity has nothing to do with the old covenant, not even the Ten Commandments. Don't be misled by those who exalt the Ten Commandments but never seem to exalt the New Commandment. One would think they are disciples of Moses rather than disciples of Christ. If we are followers of the Lamb, then we will follow the New Commandment, and it means we will love everybody. Now Paul continues in verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 3, again making comparison. He said, For if there was a splendor in the dispensation of condemnation, the dispensation of righteousness must far exceed it in splendor. Indeed, in this case, what once had splendor has come to have no splendor at all because of the splendor that surpasses it. For if what faded away came with splendor, what is permanent must have much more splendor. What is he comparing? The two covenants, the one made at Sinai that brought the law, with the one established when Jesus Christ died on the cross. He is the mediator of a new covenant, and he established it by his death. It has far more splendor than the Old Testament law. Oh, there was glory concerned with that law. It was dramatic. God was involved in the giving of the law, without a doubt. It was glorious to the Jew. But what has come by Jesus Christ is far more glorious. That's the point. And again, it's a comparison here between grace and law. Then Paul writes further, Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not see the end of the fading splendor. But their minds were hardened, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, A veil lies over their minds, but when a man turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Law? No, there is freedom. 
This is a wonderful summary passage. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have come into freedom, not law. Stay free. That's the purpose of the new covenant. Christ came to set us free. For freedom he set us free. And don't go back under the yoke of bondage. Well, you can see what an effective, powerful treatise Paul has given us here concerning the law and grace. Who wants to be under law when it condemns? I don't. And thank God he has brought me to himself by his Spirit. And he has asked me to walk by the Spirit. Never in the New Testament have I ever been told to live by the laws of Moses, not even the Ten Commandments. Now that might be a revelation to you. And if it is, well, then you're in for a real treat. God wants his people to be free, free of the burden of law. Paul refers to it as a bondage. Are you in bondage? Well, then you're not living to the fullest, the new life in the Spirit. It's called the life of grace. Some people live by law, and they are miserable. And they are condemning of others who do not live by the law, which they think they are living by. There's no love there. But those who live under grace, they are delighted that God has brought them into freedom. And they serve God willingly from good hearts because of all that God has done by his grace. God not only wanted to save us by grace, but he wants us to walk by grace, to live by grace, and to grow in grace. And that reminds me that some of you may not have a copy of our grace booklet. Listen at the end of this program for the address and more information about that. Now returning to Galatians 3.19, I see a distinct clarification that Paul is making here, that the law age had a beginning and it had an ending. It's all in Galatians 3.19. Why then the law? It was added because of transgression. When did that happen? At Mount Sinai. And for how long? Until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. I see a consistent pattern in the Word of God regarding these divine administrations or ages. Each begins and each ends with a dramatic and frightening event directly related to heaven. The law administration, as an example, began with a divine drama at Mount Sinai. You'll read about it in Exodus chapter 19, especially verse 16. It tells us that as Moses gathered the people around the mountain, there was thunder and lightning, smoke and fire, a thick cloud over the mountain, a very loud trumpet blast. It tells us that smoke covered the whole mountain, and the whole mountain trembled. Then the Lord descended to the top of the mountain. Now, that's the beginning of the law age. There was drama. There was power. The heavens were involved, and God descended from heaven on that mountain to meet with Moses, the leader of the people of Israel. But how did that law age end? Listen to Matthew chapter 27, beginning with verse 45. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the whole land 
until the ninth hour. That's three hours of total darkness in the middle of the afternoon. And now verse 51 of Matthew 27. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. That's a description of what happened in nature when Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, was crucified and died. Again, drama, the power of God, God intervening and shaking the earth, and even raising some of the Old Testament saints from the dead. This is the end of the law age. Now keep that in mind when you're thinking about the law of Moses and how Christians are no longer under that law. The law ended with the death of Christ, just as Galatians 3.19 told us. Well, we're going to continue our discussion next week, and I hope you'll join me here. Now a word about our grace booklet, which I mentioned before. This is a 30-page booklet, which you can get free. We're not selling it. Don't send money. Just ask for the grace booklet and send your letter to the Radio Bible Course. Do you want more Bible teaching? You can get more there in your car or in your home. The Radio Bible Course has more than 25 courses on cassette tapes for your purchase. These are classroom tapes. They are intended to give understanding of God's inspired word right for our free brochure entitled Teaching Tapes. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.